Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thank you so much for joining for another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast and number one, the first Gutsy Lady high five. I'm so excited. I've got beautiful Robin. Hey, Rob. Hello. How are you? Very well. I'm so excited. We've got Robin on today as the first Gutsy Lady. Uh, You know, I've had numerous people who've been listening to the podcast saying, gee, it'd be really cool to hear from some of your Gutsy Ladies. So numero uno. Um, So first up, I'm just going to give a little intro about Robin and what her gutsy goal was. Um, Robin is now, as of today as we talk, is um, a published author and she has moved to her dream creativity hub location near the ocean and surrounded by green where she can create in her almost completed, repurposed and fully sustainable studio so she can create a heap more books, paintings, workshops, coaching programs, memberships, whatever she needs to do in this creative space and it becomes her complete full-time income. So this is fruition of her gutsy goal when we started working together. And then I just want to share my personal opinion before I jump into some questions with Robin. My personal opinion of what I've observed of Robin and why I believe she's a gutsy lady And when I really reflected on this, it was very much about her level of vulnerability. You know, she came to the space about two and a half years ago with some, like a lot of us, get to this midlife space and a few things move around and shift and change and some opportunities presented herself. And she literally said, if not now, when? And she has grabbed it. And she will say that there's been ebbing and flowing. And of course there is, because there's a lot of change here. But for me, she's gutsy because there were numerous times in recent you know, years where she could have actually taken the easy road and just said, you know, I'm, I'm in my, you know, late 50s or whatever and damn it, no, I'll just, you know, I, I'll, I'll live a life a half lived. So her level of vulnerability to be when she was ready to be coached is fabulous. So over to you, Robert. Awesome. Um, answering the high five. These are just five questions. And um, the first question is, can you just describe for all of us what your version of stuckness was? So, yeah, paint us a picture. So when you tell me to paint a picture, I think I need to actually paint <laughs> a picture, which I didn't do because there's a lot. But of you things. could. But I probably could. But I, I had a, uh, there was about three things I identified that were kind of my level of stuckness. First, thank you for your lovely intro. I did, I was vulnerable, but I also knew that in the vulnerability was was growth enough. I just knew that where I was in that, even in the stuck stage, wasn't I didn't want to be there, you know. So I wasn't really sure 
if I could do the other, but I knew that where I was wasn't wasn't going to be my life long purpose. So I'm grateful for having that awareness. But I think I was stuck in a few things. And you know what's really funny is even when you feel like you're really super stuck and you get less stuck and then more stuck and whatever, and over time you go, I actually, I can now identify the, the reasons I was stuck. Yeah. And it takes can take a long time to be really clear. So I put three things while I was stuck. I was stuck in sadness. I felt like there was lost time. My family had all grown and left home literally. Everyone left more or less at the same time. And for me, I was basically processing the grief and loss and it, it took longer than I expected, I guess, but how do we know how long? You know, and anyone who's had a, a journey of grief with ever, whatever reason knows it's not linear, knows it's not. there's not a time frame where you're going to feel better or whatever. I mean, you know, marriages break down every day, which is a common story. So why was it so much? You know, I know it was the loss of my, you know, the family, but I'm wondering if it was also the loss of self. Mm. And you know, the fact that my identity and identity of so many of us is tied up with wife, mother, you know, and all of a sudden they're all gone at once. And it was sort of like, oh, God, I can do anything I want. Wait a minute, what do I want? Um, and I've also been, I've been the sort of person who um, kind of makes the best of it and just, lets it happen and my intention when I started working with Bella was to be intentional and to not let things happen to me but kind of be more deliberate about how things happened I was stuck in fear 100% in fear and mostly it was possibly even fear it was probably more fear of success than fear of failure because I'm quite good at failing I mean not that I'm a failure but if you give me a blank piece of paper I'm not afraid that I'm going to make a mistake so I was more afraid of what if I actually could do it and I learned at some point just before I met Bella or just before we started working together that I could hide in my my number one talent, which is learner, which means I just go down my rabbit hole of learning things, which makes me feel accomplished, but I wasn't doing anything with all those lessons. And I think that's quite a common thing for all of us because we learn something, we feel like we've achieved something, but then we didn't. I didn't translate it into anything. Yeah. And my biggest growth, one of the biggest pathways to growth for me was to actually put myself out and achieve something, which was me starting my 100-day challenge. But, you know, before then I could have stayed in my little pond and just been clever in my little pond. But what what would happen if I stepped out of my pond and that was what was that's where I was stuck? Yeah. That was a bit too confronting. And the other one was I know when Bella and I did our first live Habit Hack in 2021, which we both just watched the video hilariously and we're much greyer now but we're also exactly the same um i agreed to all the steps to set the habit and then i actively didn't do them and that was an incredibly interesting move on the behalf of my subconscious i believe i had i had two people in in me at that time one was going i said i do it i'm going to be a good girl and do it and the real robin i think was like no you're not and it was an incredibly interesting time because i think i was leveling up at that stage in my own self and there was an inner struggle but I deliberately didn't do it and I normally would do what I say I'm going to do I might not do any more than I say I'm going to do but I would do so there were the three probably my three areas of stuckness and I, I guess they're universal but once we understand them on a personal level it becomes easier to look them in the eye and say I hear you but I don't I don't like you <laughs> <laughs> I love it because when I, I'm remembering a number of conversations as you're sharing that and this you know, this does come into the second question about what was the most, you know, what were you most fearful that um, that had been keeping you stuck? And 
even as I've written that question, I've thought about that in a conscious context. But it's absolutely right, Robin. I distinctly remember when we really uncovered that the um, you were self-sabotaging. Oh, like Robin, Robin was openly vulnerable and ready to go and do all the good things and be with anybody. But then when we really got to it, because this is a woman who is very compliant and very ready to do it, the best bit was the vulnerability. She showed up again and went, guess what? I didn't do it. What the hell is that about? And the more we really got into it, the stuckness was about success. And, you know, I didn't do it. I didn't do it two times. Not once. No, you were consistent. I was consistently not doing what I said I was going to do. It was really, but it was a really, it was like a big, hang on, what do you, it was like a really big wake-up call for me. It was, there was a deliberate self-sabotage and it wasn't sneaky. It was really in your face, like, I want you to uncover me. Yes. Which, which was great, which was awesome yes. for me. And also, and I think for anyone listening to this, this is the classic example that consciously I'm fit, you know, you won't even have the language for it. But after listening to this and listening to my podcast, I'm sure the language around change and stuckness and grinding and all of that starts to grow. And so Robin was exhibiting really classic conscious um, discussion about I'm, I'm just frightened of actually moving forward. But it, I think it is so common to be frightened of our success and particularly if in the midlife years you're coming out of the shadows potentially of strong marriages um, or you've come out of a career or you've actually come out of um, you're into empty nesting now and you have spent all of your time putting all your energy into nurturing your little humans. Like I think when I consider so many women I've worked with, I think they've been more frightened of success than yeah. failure. So yeah. anything else you want to add to that before we, it, it was real. It was so real and so, so subconscious. Yeah, but it was so also so obvious. It was like, mm. I want you to find me out and yeah. tell me to go away, which was, you know, really confronting, but it actually stopped me in my tracks and I said, well, I have to, I have to, I have mm. to think about this. I have to, you know, come to terms with what this looks like and why it's showing up. And, and how beautiful because that is that exact demonstration of bringing it out of the subconscious, basal ganglia, bringing it to the fore, into the executive function, and you actually could start to choose. Yeah. So unless we uncovered that, we were never, it's that classic example of a change U-turn and how many of us are really conscious how much we're frightened of being too successful. Oh, well. Do we even deserve to be successful? Yeah, well, then there's just, am I worthy? Am I enough? Yeah, absolutely. So, Robin, I sort of rattled off. I mean, that gutsy goal you had was very complex. There were a lot of moving parts in there. You know, it was about moving to a dream location. It is um, about actually publishing. Robin has numerous books that haven't been published yet, by the way. This is actually the first that she has now got all the way to fruition, but this was a book that she actually came out of doing from her amazing five years of 100 paintings in 100 days. So when I think about how big that gutsy goal was, can you just share when you think about now that it is, you know, 80% complete really, just means there's another goal coming, by the way. Who have you become to be able to sit there and listen to what you've actually achieved with regards to this? I wrote down, because I did do some 
writing. I'm I wrote I'm the sort of person who now believes I can. So, you know, I kind of always describe myself as a can-do person, but it was within the bounds of what I knew and what I could do, what was easy. But now I understand, you know, what I think I understand what's out, what's out there for me and what's possible. I know there's still reticent language, but it is it's still it's still growing and still becoming something. Um, I mean, literally, I launched the book on Monday, so it's it's been a really big, exciting week, and there's a stack of books to be sent just behind me. Which is so fun. for anyone that's got a bit of spare time and want to go to the North Coast um, of Queensland, uh, can I just go a little bit more into this? Because is that am I hearing that what this is actually about is that you have become the sort of person that can do harder things than you've ever recognised. I know that you knew you did some hard stuff and certainly in the last decade or more, but on this level, hard stuff that you've chosen to do versus hard stuff that's been thrown at you. Would yeah, you? definitely yeah. hard stuff I've chosen. Um, mm. You're right, there was definitely still moments where the, the hard stuff was thrown at me, but I've, I, I'm, I'm much clearer about who I am and what I, what I do. And now I, I know from lots of coaching, both the coaching I give and the coaching I've received, thank you, Bella, I understand now how to describe myself without feeling like a show-off. Yes, uh, you, you've stepped into your, well, yeah. this is empowerment, right? You've stepped into what you now have to offer as well. Yeah. And what I love when, when, I talk, when I talk to people about what they're good at is they're uncomfortable because we're trying not to say what we're good at. But when you learn, like I've had to, you learn to say, I'm not saying I'm amazing at anything, but I am good. This is what I do. This is what comes naturally to me. This is what makes me happy and this is what I can share. So it's really nice to be able to just confidently describe yourself without it being like a big grind. And I know we use gliding and grinding a lot in um, Gutsy Ladies because it is, don't we want, we want to try and glide and do what it is that we do well. And now I feel like I'm doing what I do well and this is and obviously it's, it's making me a lot happier than you know that I was before. And I think we are we do find ourselves in places where we're not as we're, we're not exactly where we feel we need to be. And it is a luxury to be where I I want to be, and I'm so grateful. So yeah, I think um it's really interesting. I, was, I still I still grapple with do I deserve this? Like literally all the time dancing back and forth. But other yeah. are you sitting? Are you dancing and staying actually in the in the worthiness space longer these days compared I think to so. yeah, I feel like I am. And I wondered I, I while I was doing this writing, I was thinking about my first job, which was a, a trainee, corporate trainee for Southern Pacific Hotels, and I was in Sydney. And I worked over sixty hours a week and I was paid like a terrible low wage. But I was a trainee, so I was being trained and but it sets the bar super low. Mm. Right. So even a tiny bit up is up. Yeah, still, I was still like often behind my peers financially, but it was better than where I started. So, you know, I was grateful for the tiny crumbs. And I just, I wonder if, because I started that when I was 22. And so that's a really long time ago. And that's a lot of years of, you know, staying at a low point financially. And the increments are tiny. So you sort of, I just wonder how much of that adds to the, you know, the whole, you know, be grateful for whatever you're given rather than deserving more. I'm not, I'm not saying I necessarily deserve more. And the opportunities I got in that job and those subsequent jobs were extraordinary and they definitely have contributed to who I am today. 
but it is I just wondered if if that had something to do with if we're paid less and we're valued less do we then in turn value ourselves less I don't know I, I, I do think I mean because we grow up in a capitalist society so without any other means to measure our success yeah then how how we and what we are paid because from the minute you start school you're getting ready to go into a school into a job and we ask you know 15 16 year olds oh what are you going to do who are you going to be when you grow up which is basically what job are you going to do so i think yeah i think that makes a lot of sense and it's interesting because i've recently spoken to a number of women who you know come into the gutsy ladies club but there's a there's a problem that has brewed for them because what they've recognized is it's all very well to actually realize enough is enough and I'm going to jump in and go for it. Their biggest thing is they don't know what it is because they are so not practiced at being able to articulate what they want because of experiences in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and particularly you think about it in the hospitality industry, I did that a lot too, you're there to serve. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter what I and it. Yeah, it is. But I do. I feel now. And I think you helped me with this. I know you helped me with this. Where it was like, what do I have to give, which serves other people? And I. And but I'm happy know. to do it in the giving way, not the subservient yeah. way, in the contributing way. And that's what I. That is probably the best thing about ticking off my got the gutsy goal is to go. I have words that maybe help other people express how they feel and I'm so bloody excited about our strengths-based model I'm so I I so value the coaching because it helps us to just understand ourselves and for me I'm I'm just ready for the next exciting booking installment absolutely we all are we all are um there's a massive pile behind Robin's um head of these books not that we actually need to promote too much because at the moment we have um distribution learnings coming up only because literally been gobsmacked at the volume of humans who have just said please I want a copy of that book because I want to hear your story to inspire me so yes and it is in business when we're out there to serve others that's all business is but this little book is is literally a culmination of lots of people's stories it's Mm. it's a hundred days of paintings and stories from a challenge I did on Instagram for the last five years so there's three there's a hundred in here they're little stories they're about everyday life and for me what does it take to live a successful life and they're very it's very humble it's very humble I'm very proud of it it's just I mean there's an important story about pigs well I mean that's it that that's a sell-all anyway (laughs) awesome awesome So you have become someone who actually is comfortable. Well, actually, I think I was hearing confident was a word you said as well. More confident, yeah. Yeah, and stepped into that um, all that you have to give. And I think the other thing I just want to check in, do you now actually feel more confident about this designing your future? Yeah, I do. I do. It's There's still moments where I go, well, because the next question you're going to ask me is a really interesting because my brain is very, I did, I think like this a lot. Like a lot yes. of friends think like this. Linear, um, yes. And I, do, I can't. It just And that's probably good because I can come up with crazy, interesting, life quirky things. But it, it does help if you have a smallish bit of straight 
<laughs> a little bit of linear, but you know, it's okay. And it's okay to give ourselves permission. I've had to learn that it's okay to give myself permission to be happy for the slight chaos and then understand that, yes, maybe now I need help in some aspects of the business I'm running and go, okay, that person needs to be linear to counteract my beautiful. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's been really good. That's been really good for me because I, I, I hear a lot of the time as well about people saying I need to finish something and I go, well, you know, is it making you happy? No. Doesn't matter if you finish it today. No. So I think we have to give ourselves permission and I certainly had to do that. Yeah. Maybe put something down, take a breath and pause, pause, reflect. Pause, yeah, a beautiful segue. But it's also doing it your way. I mean, if there was ever a time in our life, and I think that's what I love so much about working in the midlife space, what, do you, what are any of us waiting for? Yeah. Like doing it your way and if you don't know what your way is, now's the time to work out what it is and then create the plan. So yes. 100%, yeah. So, Robin, I love it. There's a little bit of trepidation about this question, so I, I love that a little bit. Um, so Gliding Toolkit, which is what it's one of the elements that I really instill when I start working with my gutsy ladies, what um, what would be your favourite tool and why did you choose it? So my favourite tool was the um, um, New You Triad. And, um, but I also first wrote, I'm a most unruly rule person. I like the idea of a system that seemed to work on the chaos theory. Incredible how we get with our instinct. I need to work that out. I wonder if it is a challenge to remember all the things or a ploy to keep me at this level. There is definitely a disruptor inside me and I need to use her for good, not evil. So when there's a tool, I go, I don't have to use that tool. I can just wing it. And I can't wing it. Well, I can, but I don't know that it's as effective as it could be. But it's just okay. Do you do it first, then start to wing it? No. No, know. from the minute you see the tool, yeah, it's like, yeah, I like the idea of that, but I'm not doing it that way. I know. But the the, the one the times when I did do it diligently, it, it's a it's it's an important stillness exercise for me. So the breathing is really good. So we might just actually slot in here. So the new you triad is stretch and breathe and um, affirmation. So it's at the very minimal, it is one minute of stretching, one minute of breathing to get into conscious uh, conscious breathing to get yourself into parasympathetic state, uh, uh, relaxation state, and one minute of affirmation. So that's the new you triad. And um, oh, look, I've got a great little free PDF on it if that piques your interest that you could start to do immediately after listening to this. But that was the instruction for new you triad. And Robin is now saying that once she saw it, yep, great idea. But then what did we do with it? So that comes back to habits. Yes. And I, for me, when there's lots of change, there's lots of change. And there's been lots of change. It's all extraordinary. I am like, it's wonderful. But I think once the the sort of change and the chaos tide dies down, there needs to come back in that stillness, which is what I will be doing with the new try. But it's habit. It's habit. And it is me needing to work with my coach on habits. But is it also, so you actually chose this as your favourite. There are numerous tools that Robin has been exposed to and and played with various levels of them for, you know, a period of time now. 
I'm curious why did you why is that the one that you chose even though what you're saying is even from when you started to bring it in you were bringing it in on your terms which I'm going to say good on you that's showing some real thought and choice so what yeah why did you choose that as but your I, I, the, for me the three things are really important the yes. breathing the stretching um, and if I did nothing else in the day, if I had those moments of stillness and stretching, um, and I do it, but again, it's there's that resistance to the routine, mm. which is probably my subconscious saying you're not going to do it because I'm going to tell you you're going to be chaotic, and that's my journey to deal with. But balance it out. Not be, I don't want to be punitive with myself because I've done that enough in my life. It's more going, okay, I see you being chaotic. What's that about? Do we need to be that? chaotic can I you know do something do it in a different way and so that too was as simple as possible and I could do it when I woke up yeah so yeah. I think once you once I get out of bed and I get into the stimulus of my home which is full-on at the moment especially because I've got every I'm working in this tiny little space um, and then when I move out of this space and go into the workspace that'll be me going to work rather yeah. than being permanently work so there's a hundred excuses but I know you know, that one strikes me as the stillness, the stretching and the affirmations. And getting you in state. And the beautiful thing is when the studio is fully complete, your trigger literally that we can set up is for you to go into that space and you don't start any work until you've actually done that little simple process. And yeah. and it very much the reason I designed it um, for myself first because I was playing around with, some new identity stuff and um, for me it was like well when I do the affirmations I want to remind myself every morning who I've made that commitment that I want to become yeah. so it it is so powerful and the beauty is that you've seen the value in it which means that there's a neural pathway there we just got to reconnect to yeah. when the environment's more and I guess the other thing that is unless you're a regular journaler it's understated even writing my answers to these questions things come up so if you're someone who's a reluctant journaler just try it you won't you will not believe what comes out of your pen or your head when you start writing stuff down it, it's like my well my all comes out of my head right? all I can say is all I can speak of is for myself but it just it's something about that connection with brain to hand and getting it out of yourself it, it, that's helped me at lots of different stages in my you know, in the last sort of 12, 13 years. So really I think am I hearing too um, that it's that written element of that, whether you're rewriting affirmations or you're using journaling, which is another tool to bring that into the new you triad. So some lots of lovely little tools that are ready for you now to bring yeah. on. And that's the beauty, you know, it's not like these tools have to be regimentally done every single day. They're bridging tools. Get to the new identity like can feel it feel completely in that new identity all of us will look for the next level up which is as I said brewing for you <laughs> so this has gone very fast I could talk forever as usual and um but I just the final question I had and I'm going to read it just from what I'd I'd um like typed here and the reason I did write this one down because I know what I'm like when I'm listening to a podcast and um, got really engaged in the content, it's really nice to hear how you would talk to your old self. So I've got here, in your moments of doubt, as you know, go for your next gutsy goal, which we're not sure is, I think it 
is is brewing, but at the moment we've got to finish off some beautiful projects. What do you now say to yourself in those moments of, break, of doubt and they bring you back into action? What do you say to yourself now? Well, I have a new thing I say to myself and I've said it, I've said it to you twice, so it's obviously speaking to me and it's the magic you are looking for is in the work you're avoiding. And I, I did. I was trying to find out who said it, and it's somebody called Dippin Palmer, but I, I couldn't find a single thing about that person. But anyway, I wanted to give the credit to the person. So I, I focus a lot as well on what makes a successful life because a lot of what I write about is my upbringing and the things I've, I've observed and what success means to me and to other people. So I, I, I constantly come back to what does success look like. And the other thing is when I think about what I've, identified as my values I have to be really conscious that I've if I identified for example autonomy as one of my values which I have what am I doing in my day-to-day week-to-week year that is feeding my autonomy though so you know it's trying to stay intentional it's trying to just remind myself that you don't have to have all the answers and definitely don't give up yeah. oh persistence I would say that's been and I didn't say that in your intro um I think that it, it yeah so I think what I'm hearing there is if you have my and not, it's not if it's when because it's the human experience that yeah. doesn't matter at what level you are I'd actually love to know if the Dalai Lama has too much doubt but I mean because he's just spent such a long time working on this but but really of course there'd be moments of doubt I mean he got shifted out of his own country when he was so young so whenever we have those moments have I done the right thing am I on the right path where I think what I'm hearing from you is that it's that beautiful bolstering that now you've got, you know, some really positive mindset mantras that you've created, you've chosen, and that's very much the identity that Robin was working on, particularly in this last year, is about intentional Robin. So it's it's perfect because that's one of your rituals now is to grab onto those mantras that really speak to you and you do your self-talk because it's only the negativity or the doubt is your own self-talk. Anything yeah. else you would add to that? I don't think so. I mean, I think when I ask myself what work am I avoiding, um, it it probably is stepping in and saying I am an author of multiple books or I am, you know, delivering workshops all over the country or, what, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it... Yeah, the, yeah. So, it really, I as I said, I shared it with you twice, yeah, over several times. So it's obviously speaking to me, and it's like, okay, so what is the work I'm avoiding? So the question now is, what am I avoiding, and what and why, and do I need to avoid it, or is is that something I can now turn my attention to and say, I see you sitting there, you sneak your thing in the corner, let's come out into the you know yeah. the shadows. So it's it's yeah, I guess they're my things. Don't give up. Yeah, but also you know, well, I've talked a bit about my hundred day project, and this is the fifth year, and I I can't tell you why I kept going. I never thought I would finish one 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 hundred years. Well, I might actually just quickly ask you if we don't know why you kept going. I want you to tell me why you didn't stop. I don't know why I didn't stop. It felt good to keep going. Yeah, because and there I, you go. You've answered it. I never stopped because it just felt good. Yeah, and I. It, it did what it was supposed to do. It did the first hundred. So somebody said to me, your panties are too cheap. And I said, okay, but I want you to think about the value in the exercise for me. The value in the exercise was action. It wasn't 
income and the action, I would have paid someone else if I could have had that action earlier. But I probably wasn't ready. So for me, every time I shared a painting, I was like, oh, I shared a painting. I did it one more day. Every time I sold a painting, I went, really, you want it? Are you sure you want it? I'll give it to you. Look, it's not that good. Here, look, have it. Now when I don't sell a painting on one of the days, I go, oh, I wonder why. No, I thought that it's a really nice painting. So the growth and the confidence and the belief has changed. I don't want to, I don't think, I don't think I've got a big head in my paintings are the best paintings in the world. They're just little paintings. But if my words and my paintings can speak to somebody, I've, I've done my job. So, but I'm, I'm still surprised I've done nearly 500 days of this. And I love it because I think what you've really, and we've come back to that whole, when we think the first question is about your stuckness, there's a theme here. If you had to go through this all over again, what you've learned is how to get yourself unstuck, such as those mantras that you now bring in place, and you've got the confidence because the little by little, like you think 100 paintings in 100 days little, but it's the first painting. That first of the 500 was the hardest. The first hundred the first year of the five years was the hardest so it's very much as a gutsy lady now you are resourced we call it building self-efficacy that you now know how to get yourself into action keep yourself there and actually get yourself unstuck so yeah I I think I'm learning that the other thing I would say is you cannot do this by yourself you just you cannot I mean I've had help. I've had Bella help me. Every, you know, we've been lucky enough to have an, an ongoing connection now, which is just so valuable for me. And It's community too, would you not say too, by being in with other women who, you know, when you got it, I remember that first Gutsy Ladies group when I did and it was like all of you women, completely different backgrounds and yeah. different parts of Australia and New Zealand. It was immediately, it was. Yeah. We, oh. all, we all understood. Yeah. We didn't have the same issues and we were at different places in our journey of whatever we were up to, but we were all looking for something yes. in some way to get So, you know, when I, I first had coaching before I was with Bella and, you know, it, that both experiences have changed mm. me and in the teaching when I teach it changes you too. So, yeah, it, it's, been, it's been a busy year. <laughs> and it ain't over yet. <laughs> no, it's not over yet. It's fantastic. I'm well, so- thank you so much. I, I know that you'll be, you know, inspiration. And we'll have in the show notes, will be links, brace yourself, <laughs> to contact um, Robin at robinbeeston.com. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, .com. Yeah. Yeah. .com.au. And we always talk about Beeston Inc., Robin Beeston Inc., Incorporated. Okay. So thank you so much for sharing. And, uh, you know, I, I just love so much that you're my number one story for the gutsy stories and the high fives there are a number that are on the way through and we'll start recording them now but i just um yeah i'm just so grateful that you are available for us to share this and i don't know if there's any last minute thing that you would share with any listeners that has sort of gone oh my god well i think you say this often if i can do it anyone else can do it but what how would you finish off rob i would say if you know what you want to do try and find out and do it because if you even if you even if you don't aren't brave enough to tell anybody else what you want to do try and think about what you want to do what's your deepest desire and even ask yourself the impossible question what would you do if you won 10 million dollars a year for the rest of your life you might be surprised what comes up 
and then all you have to do is find the people to help you do it. Beautiful. You have to be a friend, a coach, a, just, I don't know, but it, it just makes a big difference. To, so to don't, well, I think what I'm hearing there is to share that don't quash it. If, if there's an instinct there and the problem you've got right now is I know I want to do something, but I don't know what it is, move forward. Yep, somehow. Try and work out what it is. And if, I don't know, there's people to talk to. Yeah. You can give me a win. I'll exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you, Robin. I'm going to let you keep going with your world. And um, I can't wait for this to be shared. And yeah, I look forward to getting my copy of the book in my hand. Thank you very much for having me, Bella. It's a Thank pleasure. Life-changing, gutsy lady adventure. Oh, I should just quickly say, Bella said, when this first happened, she said, do you think of yourself in midlife? And I said, I hope so. <laughs> <That's> my last <laughs> word. <laughs> Only so. in midlife. Is that what we're... Yeah. But uh, do you think you're in midlife? And I thought, I hope so. Because yeah. if I'm not, I'm halfway to gone. <laughs> exactly. I've got too much to do. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who just may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.